0: Wonderful book of Leviticus Gems from Leviticus, Leviticus Chapter twenty three. Hallelujah, 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 Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, there's no one like you. Ooh. Amen. Leviticus chapter 23, we're going to read verse verses 23 through 44. Are you ready? Leviticus 23, verse 23 to 44. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you shall have Sabbath rest, a memorial of blowing of trumpets, a holy convocation. You shall do no customary work on it, and you shall offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Also the tenth day of the seventh month shall be the day of atonement. It shall be a holy convocation for you. You shall afflict your souls and offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. You shall do no work on that same day, for it is a day of atonement, to make atonement for you before the Lord your God. For any person who has not afflicted his soul on that same day shall be cut off from his people. And any person who does not, pardon me, and any person who does any work on that same day, that person I will destroy from among his people. You shall do no manner of work. It shall be a, a statute forever throughout your generations in all your dwellings. It shall be to you a Sabbath of solemn rest, and you shall afflict your souls on the ninth day day. Of the month at evening, from evening to evening, you shall celebrate the Sabbath. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, this is verse 33 now, if you're all there, say amen. amen. Okay, listen, listen, if I've lost you, begin to pay attention now then. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, speak to the children of Israel, saying, The fifteenth day of the seventh month shall be a feast of tabernacles for seven days to the Lord. On the first day there shall be a holy convocation. You should do no customary work on it. For seven days you shall offer an offering made by fire. On the eighth day you shall have a holy convocation, and you shall offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. It is a sacred assembly, and you shall do no customary work on it. These are the feasts of the Lord, which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations. To offer an offering made by fire to the Lord a burnt offering and a grain offering, a sacrifice of offerings, everything on its day. Besides the Sabbath of the Lord, besides your gifts, besides your vows, besides your free will offerings, which you give to the Lord. Verse 39, also on the 15th day of the seventh month, when you have gathered in the fruit of the land, you shall keep the feast of the Lord for seven days. On the first day, there should be a Sabbath rest. On the eighth day, a Sabbath rest. And you shall take for yourselves on the first day the fruit of beautiful trees, branches, palm trees, and boughs of leafy trees, and willows of the brook. And you shall rejoice before the Lord your God for seven days. And you shall keep the feast of the Lord for seven days in the year. It shall be a statute forever in your generations, and you shall celebrate it in the seventh month. You shall dwell in booths for seven days. All who are native Israelites shall dwell in booths, that your generations may know that I made the children of Israel dwell in booths when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. So Moses declared to the children of Israel the feasts of the Lord. Father, we thank you tonight for your presence and a moment in history that will never come again. And We stand in awe of your seasons and your timing and how you do things, even in creation, and how we are alive at a time that the prophets saw far off and rejoiced to see it, but we live in it, God, and we don't take that for granted tonight. We're asking that you would speak to us from your word, that you would take your very finger riding upon the fleshly tablets of our heart, that it would not just be a lecture or intellectual knowledge that takes place tonight, but there would be a download in the Spirit that we receive impartation into our lives, that we would be forever changed by it, giving you all the glory and the honor in the matchless holy name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, amen. You may be seated. You know, we go through seasons in life. I think I'm finding myself... In a new season. In fact, even as I was driving here, the Lord had me do a very unusual thing, which I'll share about in just a moment. It's one of the reasons we were a little bit late. The prophet Joel said, In the last days, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your old men will dream dreams, your young men will see visions. I have both of those things going on. And so I think that makes me middle-aged. I'm in the season of the middle of my life, experiencing dreams more than ever, and as well as having visions. Anyway, that's kind of a joke. But in the same way that there's physical seasons, there's spiritual seasons. In the same way that we go through, through things physically and even emotionally, there's seasons that take place in the spirit. And I declare and proclaim to you that this night, Even when the sun was setting, we have just crossed over to a new season. He said, can you prove that? I absolutely can. And I will endeavor to do so. In God's calendar, there's seasons. And there's three main feasts that are celebrated by the Jews. Even a statute forever in all generations. There are some that said, well, since it says... Forever, throughout all generations, shouldn't we as Christians be celebrating those feasts? I don't think it's wrong to, it might even be right to, and honestly, I'm not sure. But one thing's certain, we would be foolish to ignore them and not see what the Lord is actually saying through the feasts. There's the Feast of Unleavened Bread, or the Passover. It's the first feast we're talking about. We've experienced Passover I said, what we call Easter. It's about the same time. In fact, Jesus died on a cross and rose again from the grave. God is the lamb. You will take a lamb and the blood of the lamb and put it on the doorposts and the lentils of your home, coming right out of the book of Exodus and how the death angel would pass over if they had the blood on their doorposts. John the Baptist said, Behold, the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Jesus is the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world, and it is actually on Passover that he died on the cross, and none of that is by accident. All of that is very much on purpose. He's an on-time God, and he doesn't do things by happenstance. There's the Feast of Weeks, so or the Feast of Pentecost, and that's when the outpouring of the Spirit took place, and Acts chapter 2 is on the Feast of Weeks so or the Feast of Pentecost. And then there's the Feast of Tabernacles. Also called the Feast of Ingathering. Now there's two things that are demanded by God during all of the feasts. And you'll see this in Deuteronomy chapter 16 and verse 16. But you see it in other places as well. Two things that are mandatory that are to take place during all three feasts. Let me read it to you. Three times a year, this is Deuteronomy 16 verse 16. Three times a year, all your males shall appear before the Lord your God in the place in which he chooses at the Feast of Unleavened Bread, at the Feast of Weeks, and the Feast of Tabernacles, or at the Passover, Feast of Weeks is Pentecost, and the Feast of Tabernacles, which started for us here in Alaska about 30 minutes ago. So you've been in worship when it started here for us in Alaska. goes on to say, they shall not appear before the Lord empty-handed. Every man shall give as he is able according to the blessing of the Lord your God which he has given you. So two things you see that are to take place. One, all men, and here's where your notes come in, all men of Israel must come to the feast. So if you're a man, you're going. You've got to go. Now, the idea also is that not only would the man go, but... The wife would go and the kids would go and everybody would go. The second thing you'll see is that they had to give a special gift. Now, on Sunday, we're going to be receiving a special gift in accordance with this. You say, isn't that just some tricky way of getting increased finances in the church? Yes. Now let's move to the next. No, I'm totally kidding. Totally joking. We believe in, we believe in these seasons. We believe in what we're doing. We're not just doing it to try to contrive something to come on, God's got more than enough. But you understand that there's a principle of, of sowing, a principle of doing things in a particular season that'll release something in your life that, that you might not be that you might not have. It'll bring you to a place that, that you want to go to. And so we will be receiving a special offering on Sunday, which is still the Feast of Tabernacles. So two things you see there. Now, it is unique uh, in our church, and honestly, I believe it happened by our own ignorance. We didn't really plan it this way, but we found out that the, the times of our gathering, we have three main conferences, are all around the same time, three times israel would gather we gather as a church one church many locations we gather three times there's about a hundred different extensions now alaska is just one this wasilla is just one it's about a hundred different ones and um, we gather about three times a year and and during those times we even take special offerings and it's really i believe designed by the holy spirit and if you look why, and ask this question, why did God have the feasts? Why, why, why would God have feasts? Why, I mean, why did God even come up with the idea? What's the point? I mean, what's the point of having feasts? Well, that's a great question to ask, being that God does things with purpose. He doesn't do things by happenstance and accident. He does things on purpose. So he plans these three feasts. Why? Why would God do that? I think, number one, it's to celebrate his goodness. Everybody say celebrate his goodness. Listen, if you forget about what God has done for you, you are in a heap of trouble. Don't ever forget where he brought you out of, what he did for you. Don't ever forget his good, God is a good God. Say it with me, God is a good God. Come on, God, good, devil, bad. Come on, take your thumb and go like this. God, good, devil, bad. It's the greatest revelation you can have. It really is. Because some people attribute... Evil to God, and that's not the God of the Bible, although He does come and judge, and it's not evil, it's actually a sign of love. Those whom the Lord loves, He chastises, and David said, "I long for your judgments." You know you're getting real close to the Lord when you ask Him to judge things for you. Deal with things. <laughs> I was going to have you repeat, "Lord, judge me, but that's probably a bad idea. How many of you thankful for His mercy? I'm of you thankful for grace, yes. hallelujah. So, number one, I think it's to celebrate His goodness, and number. number two is to help Israel refocus and to help us refocus. Some of you have lost your focus. You need to refocus on God. You need to return to your first love. We can get so polluted by the world, by the things of tradition, so polluted by our circumstances. We can lose. Our vibrancy of heart with the Lord as I began to study this something something turned in me and I, I realized that there are times in life that we can lose our our focus listen it's all about Jesus man it's all about the Lord it's all about God it's a and it's and fulfilling what he called us to do is about loving him with all our heart, all our mind, our soul and all our strength and loving our neighbor as ourselves some some of you get tied up in all the drama at work and all the stuff and it's time to refocus on God but i think it's also it was also time for them to refocus on their calling what god desired for them to do to be his expression in the earth for israel but also for us as christians as believers so that's what these texts are all about. And when we look at these texts, what they're all about, it describes three incidences which are very very fascinating. So let's look at the text for a moment. The Feast of Trumpets, it's, it's really Rosh Hashanah, the it's a new beginnings. We just, now, we just experienced Rosh Hashanah. It's the, it's the New Year. It's the Jewish New Year. And on Wednesday, September 24th, it started in the evening as the sun went down. And it ended on September 26th. That was Rosh Hashanah. That's that's the Jewish New Year's. We're in a new year, and it's a picture of new beginnings. And the Day of Atonement was mentioned, or uh, uh, also a, a picture of new beginnings. Paul called the Day of Atonement the fast. When you read in the book of Acts, he says after the fast. It wasn't talking about a specific fast that they did, like they decided to fast. He's talking, yeah, they did fast on the Day of Atonement, as it says here, but the Day of Atonement is also called the fast. That's another name for it. And it's the day when the high priest would sprinkle blood on the mercy seat once a year, and it was a declaration that God, and his mercy, would forgive us, would forgive God, his people, their sin. It was a type and a shadow of the blood of Jesus being sprinkled on the mercy seat in heaven, as it talks about in the book of Hebrews. Has anybody read the book of Hebrews? you to read the book of Hebrews. And the day of atonement was on Friday, October 3rd. That was just last Friday. And ends on the fourth Saturday evening. It was just one day. And then five days later, which is tonight, tonight, is the Feast of Tabernacles. Let me read this to you. Verse 43, well, 42b, and then 43. You should dwell in booths for seven days. All you who are a native Israel, I shall dwell in booths. That your generations may know that, that I made the children of Israel dwell in booths when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. So what's the season that we're crossing into now, Pastor? What, what, what are you saying? I believe that God is bringing us into a season of deliverance and breakthrough. Number one, you can write it in your notes, deliverance and breakthrough. As I was studying, I, I began to think about how God brought me out of my own personal Egypt. Egypt. He brought me out of my own house of bondage, which is another name for Egypt. I began to recollect how God has healed me and set me free. And sitting on my, sitting in my chair, which I prepare many of my, almost all of my messages, I'm sitting in a particular chair at my house. I prepare in a couple different places, but when I pull it, put it all together, it's usually in this one chair. And I'm, I'm sitting there, and there's nobody home. And I'm, I start thinking about all that God has done for me. And the Lord spoke to me, and very plainly, he said, Son, before you are in service tonight, I want you to go lie on the road. And I didn't need to hear that twice. I knew what it meant for me to lie on the road. And I thought, man, that's is that figuratively? Because I'm going to be wearing some, you know... I like my new shirt, and you know I don't really want to lie on the road. I said, figure, no, it's literally, literally, I want you to lie on the road. I got in the truck and I began to drive here, and I knew I had to lie. In the, I knew I had to lie on the road before I came to church. So as the sun is setting, literally, it is setting, and I felt like I saw the spot I should lie on the road in. So I, I pulled over, and that was parking lot. It's good. It applied didn't have to be in the middle of the yellow line you know i mean no no it's the road (laughs) the idea was lying in the street so i got out of my parked my truck on an angle and my wife was sitting next to me my beautiful wife is worshiping the lord and i got out and i went on the other side of my truck and i looked around because i didn't want to freak anybody out i looked around and i lied down in the road and as soon as my face hit that concrete The power of God came on me. And I stayed there for a moment. And I just worshipped with my face on the ground. Unbeknownst to me. An ambulance. (laughs) Saw me lying in the road. And uh, as I lied there with the power of God on me. I felt like. I just needed to turn my other cheek, so I turned my other cheek, and I, I lied there for a little while, in remembrance of where God brought me from, and I got up, and as I got up, the the ambulance is approaching us, and they're, they're looking, you know. And I walked out around to my truck, and he looked right at me, and I smiled at him, and he smiled right back. I'll never forget his face. God will give me that divine opportunity later. I probably should have stopped him and witnessed to him, but I, it just it didn't, didn't come to me to do it. So I got in my truck, and I, I drove here to church. They were to dwell in booths because they were to remember how God set them free. This is not a game that we're playing. There's people in bondage. There's people that are, people are in a world of hurt. We are entering into a season of deliverance that I believe that we've never seen before. Unprecedented outbreaks of God's power and deliverance. Can you say amen? Amen. Unprecedented breakthrough. It's also a season of provision because they're there and, in these booths, which represented how God provided for them in the wilderness. And they had manna. They didn't know about manna before that, but then they got manna in the wilderness. It's a a picture of a new season of deliverance and breakthrough. It's also a season of provision. Somebody ought to say amen. Amen. Yeah, he's going to provide for you. He's going to provide for me. He's going to provide for us they were in the wilderness. They didn't know about manna. They didn't know about quail. They didn't know about those things, and God came through for them supernaturally. It was also a season of renewed vision. Of renewed vision. Well, what do you mean? They're on their way somewhere. So as I'm lying, lying on the road with the cold asphalt on my face, I began to weep. Because I remember what it was like to be in the wilderness and I remember what it was like coming out. You know, coming out at moments of great joy and lots of moments of great pain. And I'm thankful that I don't experience that kind of stuff anymore. I'm so thankful for all God's done for me and my family. Aren't you thankful for what he's done for you? Aren't you? And I think about how God would miraculously come through over and over and over and over and over and over again. And when it, when it was just like all over, and it's like all hope was lost in the natural. But God, but God would come through suddenly suddenly there was a mighty rushing wind. Suddenly there was provision. Suddenly somebody would be standing there. Suddenly I would get a word from the Lord. Suddenly he would come through with manna. He'd come through with water from the rock. He would come through over and over and over again. I don't know what you're going through tonight, but I want you to know this. No matter what you're going through tonight, if you'll begin to declare that as even the season of God's time clock starts, the Feast of Tabernacles tonight, right now, that God is going to give you unprecedented breakthrough and deliverance, not only for you and your family, but all of your loved ones. And number two, that he would provide for you. Come on, how many of you need some provision? He'll provide. He did it before, he'll do it again. Amen. And number three, renewed vision. What do you mean? What on earth are you here for? What are you doing? Why do you have a pulse? What, what, is a, what is your life about? Is it about watching TV, eating and going to work and sleeping? Is that what it's about? Sleep, get up, eat, watch the news, go to work, come back, watch TV, eat dinner, go to sleep and do it all over again every day. Is that, is that what it's about? It is not about that. How many of you are thankful that's not what it's about. It's not about eating, eating and sleeping and watching TV and, and you know that's not, that's not the vision that God has for your life. In fact, the vision he has might be include turning off your TV. Amen. The vision he has for you is to give you a hope and a future. The vision he has for you, some of you called to ministry. Some of you called to, call to be missionaries. Some of you called to be business owners. I mean, you are here not to just suffer and wave the white the flag one day and just hope Jesus can save me. Oh, God, come back, God. Oh, oh, Mercy. Mercy, God. Mercy. No, it's to live victorious. It's to walk in power and authority. It's to be a lover of God and a deliverer of men. It's to have wholeness in the city of your soul, to have peace even in the midst of the storm. And I'm telling you, we had for some storms. I talked to some people that are uh, influential and in the know. Ebola is an issue. It is a significant issue. And if you think that we're not headed for some difficulty, you have your head stuck in a dark place. Some of you have got your head in the sand. Somebody said, pull your head out. Yeah. Don't have your head in the sand. What? Renewed vision. The vision of the farmer was fulfilled. They celebrated the harvest. And I believe we're headed for this tremendous harvest. Of God's vision of blessing his people is fulfilled. I believe that God's speaking to us tonight. Now, I, Pastor Karen, you ready to read that? I, I want you to hear something because... Um, the significance of tonight is 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 deeper and wider and broader than, than I think any of us know or will ever know. And uh, just want my wife, if she if you can, to read the section here from a book written by uh, a friend of the ministries of John Hagee, the Four Blood Moons. And I know there's some um, some controversy regarding. His uh, some of his theology, but the book is tremendous. And I, I had somebody say, "You know what the four blood moon signifies?" I go, "What?" They go, "Nothing." <laughs> well, that might be true, but maybe it isn't. And uh, I just want you to hear uh, this. If you go ahead and and uh, and read, please. Okay,
1: just this part, right? That you were telling Four blood moon. Right, Lord, forgive me for. Butchering the pronunciation. <laughs> uh, Shemitah.
0: This, this comes from page 49, the four blood moons. Talking about have the Shemitah right. year. And uh, go ahead and just listen to this.
1: It's the sabbatical year which occurs every seventh year. Shemitah, I know I'm saying it wrong, God help me. Okay, is Shabbat, the Sabbath for the land of Israel. The land rests in a fashion similar to the way Jewish people rest every seventh day, according to Leviticus 25, verse 4. While observing Shemitah guarantees abundant produce, neglecting it leads to judgment. Jeremiah, Foretold that the Jewish people would be exiled for not keeping the Shemitah by not allowing the land to rest in Jeremiah 17, verse 4. When the Jewish people violated the law of Shemitah, God exiled them for 70 years until the land enjoyed her Sabbaths, uh, according to 2 Chronicles 36, 19 to 21. Jewish tradition teaches that exile is the penalty for three. For the three cardinal sins of murder, idolatry, sexual immorality, and for neglecting to keep the laws of shemitah.
0: All right, l- let me just l- make sure you're paying attention. So every seventh year, everybody say every seventh year. Every seventh year is called a shemitah year, and in that year, you don't you don't farm the land. You let the land literally you let the land rest, and it's giving Sabbath to the land. All right? Do you understand that? And if you were going ahead and study this, God would so overwhelmingly bless them in the year prior to that that they actually didn't have to farm in the seventh year.
1: All right. Pastor Karen, go ahead. There's just this much left. All right. The next Shemitah year occurs in 2015, which is also the appearance of the final four blood moons that align with the feasts of the Lord within the century. So
0: we just had the. Thanks, babe. Just bear with me because I gotta chime in and help you out. So we remember I told you Rosh Hashanah just was right. We just ended the new year. Okay. So now, right now, is the Shemitah year. Do you understand? It just started, and it goes all the way till September. All right.
1: America under judgment. In, the America, in America, the judgment of violating Shemitah is not linked to the land of Israel, but to our national disobedience to the word of God. We give our allegiance to the idols of self-indulgence and greed, and our immorality is equivalent to that of Sodom and Gomorrah. The year 2001 was a Shemitah year. What happened that year in America? September 11th, 2001, we were attacked for the first time on our soil since the British burned the White House in 1813. Uh, the radical Islamic terrorists came to our country and hijacked four commercial planes with box cutters and flew them into the Twin Towers, the Pentagon, and a field in Pennsylvania. Uh, add seven years to the year 2001, and you have the year 2008, another Shemitah year. What happened in that year? The Wall Street Journal reported the economic collapse of the American economy began at the end of November 2007, which the results of which became obvious and painfully real when the stock market collapsed 777 points on September 29th. What's next? The next Shemitah year occurs 2014 to 15, which takes place within the series of the next four blood moons. God always sends a nation a warning before He sends judgment. Are we listening?
0: So, yeah, and, and if you want to find out about blood moons, you can go on Google and you can check it out, and we, we're in the midst of a blood moon right now. So, so let's close in prayer. Father, thank you. So, no, I'm, I'm totally kidding. All right, praise the Lord. Just, you know, it's just a serious time. It's a heavy-duty time. It's not business as usual. I mean, you don't, have to, you don't have to be as old as me to understand that we have never seen the kind of catastrophes that are taking place on the earth now ever, ever, ever. The oldest person here can't remember, you know, a tsunami that took out 100,000 people. You can't, I mean, before that. The kind of things that are happening, they're intense. Not, not to give you fear. We're, we're not supposed to have a spirit of fear. But of power, love, and sound mind. You don't want to you don't want to have your head in a dark place and just whistle Dixie while going off the waterfall there. All of these events from the Feast of Tabernacles to the Fe- to the Feast of Trumpets through the Feast of Tabernacles is taking place right right now. And I believe what God is saying to us is this, that we must believe for a harvest of souls. We must lift our eyes so the fields are white. Don't save four more months. Let a passion, let a burden for the lost begin to pierce your heart. Invite people to church. You get them in here, I'll get them saved. Or if you want to lead them to the Lord, great. However we want to do it, just let's do it. Let's invite people. Let's, let's share the good news of Jesus. Let's remember why we're here. If we were supposed to be dead, we would be. And if the goal in life is that you should just be saved, then you drop dead in altars or wherever you receive the Lord, you would just thud right there. Your heart would stop and there would be no more. That'd be it. You go straight to heaven if that was the purpose. Salvation's a starting point. And he leaves us here to become more like him, to be his ministers of reconciliation, to herald the greatest message of mankind, that you can be reconciled to God, that your sins can be forgiven, that that his blood still flows from Calvary, and that you can be a new creation. It's not religion and tradition that's going to get you through. It's the relationship with the one who made you. God Almighty made a way out of no way. He made a way for you and me. If we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth, we'll be saved. We'll be forgiven. He'll take your sin. He'll throw it as far as the east is from the west. And he puts his spirit in you. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead comes to dwell inside your heart and mine. And now we're here at this time in history with the blood moons and the Shemitah year and all the stuff that's going on, wake up! It's time to wake up. It's time to smell the coffee. It's time to pull your head out of that dark place and say, yeah, God, I'm going to be used by you. I'm going to be set on fire. I'm renewing my vision. I'm renewing my passion. Oh, this is the time. If not now, when? Well, I'm going to read the Bible through one year. How about this year? I'm going to get disciple one day. How about today? Get the start today. Believe for a harvest of souls coming into KC. How many of you got a loved one that needs to be saved? How many of you know somebody that does not know the Lord and you're believing for them to be saved? Great, let's pray for them right now. Father, in the name of Jesus. Come on, just call it out before the Lord. Every one of these every one of these family members, every one of these friends of ours, these loved ones. Lord, we pray that you now would cause the powers of darkness to be bound and each and every one of them to be loosed, that the scales of the god of this age according to 2 Corinthians 4 would be broken off in the name of Jesus, and they would come into the house and be saved, be healed, be delivered, be set on fire for the glory of God, even in these last days in Jesus' name. Give us a harvest of souls. We must pray in your notes now. Got to pray. We need to pray for laborers. I said we need to pray for laborers. The Bible says that Harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. You see, how will they know unless someone preaches to them? How will they know unless someone goes? Angels can't preach the gospel. Thank God for media. Thank God for godly TV and radio. And thank God for the the different things that he's using now. But really, mankind has always been his method. You are his method for reaching your community. You are His method. I am His method. We are the method that God has chosen to get out the greatest message in the world. Let me ask you, don't raise your hand. When's the last time you told somebody about the love of God? When's the last time you witnessed? When's the last time you stopped and took time to tell somebody about how much God loves them or share your testimony? I'm not trying to put condemnation on you. I'm just trying to stir you up to say, well, shoot, I think it's been a while. It's been a few months. It's been six months. It's been a year. Maybe it's been never. And if you do a survey of people that come to church and you find out how many actually led somebody to Jesus, the numbers are horrifyingly low. I will tell you that nothing sets me on fire more than taking somebody by the hand and genuinely leading somebody to the throne and seeing them receive Jesus, seeing the lights go on and darkness break off. I'm just that nothing lights me up in God like that. I mean, worship's awesome. I, I, I mean, i just rather worship than do most things. I enjoy preaching. I love praying. But leading people to Christ, you say, that's because you got an evangelistic gift. I, I do have an evangelistic gift, but uh, let me ask you this. If you can walk past somebody who's actually on their way to hell, you tell me what kind of gift you got. Would that be the gift of a cold heart? Is that what that would be? I'm being convicted. <laughs> Jesus, help us. Because I, I haven't been Mr. Witnessing Machine myself. I'm, I'm, I'm preaching to myself. We've got, we've got to pray, we've got to pray for our laborers, and we've got to get involved. We've got to get involved. Find a place to serve. You know, I was talking to, uh, I was talking to a counselor, and um, they were telling me about how much healing comes through the people that they're counseling through serving. Some folks never figure this out, but listen to me now. If you don't find a place to serve, then your healing will be limited. You say, can't God heal me without serving? Yeah, but he, he, he just doesn't seem to do it like that. He does it in the context of, of, of humbling yourself and helping and being with other people. Really, your healing and wholeness comes as you relate with other people. Come on, God doesn't give you gifts of the Spirit so you can sit in a room and prophesy to yourself. Contrary to some people's belief. You know, or give you a vision so you can go to some group and brag about how you had a vision from the Lord so you can seem more spiritual than the other people for God's sake. Give me a break. You need to serve. So who's the greatest among you is the? I'm sorry, what? The what? The greatest among you is the the servant of all. We need to serve. And in serving, God will release so much to us. We've got to focus our vision on what God's given us. And we're in the midst of a 120-20 vision. We're pushing for 120 extensions. I, I want you to pray between now and Sunday. And you ask God what you should do in that special offering. You ask him. And I'm going to tell you that sowing a seed in that offering, it's going to do something. We could take it now, you know, because we're right into that season. But I just believe that, you know, you hear from God. Talk to God. Let him speak to you. And let's do something significant for the Lord. Can you say amen? amen? There are special seasons in life. And special seasons. And I believe that many of those are lined up by the calendar of God. Look, he's a, he was a, came as a Jew. He came to the Jews. He didn't, he didn't come to the pagans. He came to the Jews. And he sets up these feasts and stuff. I mean, God doesn't do stuff by accident. The feasts still exist or still celebrated, even, even from generation to generation. They're never supposed to go away. It's what we read. This is the time to be uh, for new beginnings. Look at your notes. This is a time to, let this time be one of new beginnings. Look, start fresh. Okay, if you've blown it, well, today is the first day of the rest of your life. And His mercy is your new every morning, and it's morning somewhere. So just start today. I was talking to somebody on Facebook, and they were telling me, I haven't been a church pastor. I've been gone for over a year, and, and I just, you know, I could give you all the excuses about I'm busy, I'm this, I'm that, and none of them fly with the Lord. And I was just want to say, that's right. Uh. I, didn't, I didn't say that. It's true. But I said, man, just start afresh, which is, you know, that, that's what we're all supposed to. some of you need to start fresh. Just let go of the last season. Let go of the brokenness. Move into a new time with God. It's a new season. And, and uh, lastly, live in light of the Lord's coming. Passover, Jesus died and rose again. Pentecost, Holy Spirit is poured out. I think it could be. I think it could be, as Dr. Morocco said in the video on Sunday, but I, <clears throat> I think he could return at the Feast of Tabernacles. The season of in-gathering. Celebrate what God's done, but don't be ignorant of the season that we're in. <clears throat> could it be that we're going to experience a massive pandemic like the yellow flu and yellow fever? Yellow fever? Could it, could it be that we're going to experience a massive pandemic that sweeps through America? Um, I don't know. Uh, I'm not afraid at all, but I also understand. That you can't vote in same-sex marriage in 30 states. You can't do some of the stuff we're doing and just think it's all going to be good. That's not how it rolls. You can't, you can't, you know, legalize drugs and marijuana and, I mean, they're they're, they're pushing to legalize uh, pedophilia. Listen, it's a grassroots movement. <clears throat> It'd be shot down right now because... Oh, yeah, some of you are looking at me like, really? Yeah, because that's the way it goes. You see, if, you, if, if it's okay to kill a baby because it's not, really a, it's not really viable and it's just a fetus or you come from apes, you know, I mean, then anybody can kind of do whatever they want. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of rules that are being set up that are not based upon Scripture and when you read through the scriptures and you see when a, when a country, when a land, when a nation begins to do the things that we do, the land will vomit them out. That is what it says. Now, I'm just, I'm telling you, hashtag wake up. Don't live in fear. Live with a vibrancy and a passionate heart. Just let God get a hold of you. Live on fire. Don't live a life of compromise. Start new today. If you've been living compromise, just today's a new day. Just shake it off. Come on. Shake it off. Start over. And just as as same-sex marriage was grassroots 30 and 40 years ago, and now it's a reality in 30 states, the same thing is happening with the the killing of our elderly because they're not viable. The same thing is going to come for the perversion of pedophilia and voting all of that in. It's already happening. It's already happening. Don't 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 have your head in the sand. So what do we do? Get involved. Be involved in the political process. I hope you voted. I think it's a great sin not to vote. I you know I've had people I don't believe in political process. Well, then go to another country, you knucklehead. Vote for God's sake. Get out there and vote. and Do something. Get involved. Maybe some of you should be in politics. Maybe some of you should run for office. I don't know. Some of you online. Are you getting anything tonight? I know it's really like encouraging word. Blood, moon, Shemitah year, feast of tabernacles. It's the greatest days ever. These are the days that the, I believe that the fullness of the Gentiles is going to come. It's not come yet. It's coming. We're headed for a great outpouring, a great revival. I want to be a part of that. Anybody else see notable miracles and signs and wonders? God coming in the midst of chaos and difficulty and, ooh. Stand up on your feet. I hope you got encouraged tonight. pretty heavy word it's just true and perhaps the Lord will continue to have tremendous mercy on us and I believe for that it is true also let's not forget that America sends out more missionaries than just about every other nation that we preach the gospel in nations and there's a lot of wonderful things that are still taking place and I think perhaps it's those that are even staying God's hand, and, and, and there's people that are hungry and thirsty for God. There is a remnant. I mean, I, I was just in the heartland of America. I, I was preaching The people lost their mind, stood up and started screaming and shouting for the truth of God's word to spread around this country. There are people all around our nation that are, that are, that are really going after God. But as your pastor, I tell you, don't you live in compromise. You wake up, these are the greatest days, and all the compromise that you might be in, it's never gonna satisfy you anyway. It's never gonna give you the deep down satisfaction that you long for. It just will not do it. Sin doesn't satisfy. It doesn't, only God, only Jesus satisfies. Gosh, when I figured this out, it was like so much easier. I just thought, really? So what, I just obeyed it? Yeah. Hey, well. Really? Yeah. And then, and then you start obeying. You start living right. and You just feel like, <sighs> <sighs> I can breathe. I don't have anxiety. I don't have torment. I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not wringing my hands in the night. I'm, I have to worry about him providing for me because I tithe. I'm scared not to. Got a fear of God not to. It's <laughs> oh, the first thing I think about. Get blessed. Oh, oh, Lord, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Don't want to rip you off. want to let your heart be stirred tonight on this Feast of Tabernacles as we begin the Feast of Tabernacles. Remember where God's brought you from. Celebrate His goodness. Have a renewed vision. Come back to your first love. Be a people of prayer. Be a people of service. For this life that we have. It's a vapor, it's one moment, one brief moment in time that we get to offer the Lord something. We just think this is all it, this is not it. We're living for another age. There's eternity, this is this is training, this is an internship. 70, 80, 90, 100 years maybe, I'm believing for 120 should the Lord tarry. I'm preaching too.
1: 120.
0: Keep your heart to the Lord. Praise God. Come on. How many of you want to fulfill the dream that God has for you? How many of you want to follow through strong, run the race, and see everything that He's got for you? Me too. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're not right with God, won't you get right with Him tonight? All across this place, those online, that's you. You say, that's me, Pastor. I need to get right with God. Lift your hand right now. Lift your hand right now. All right. Perhaps online. Oh, I see your hand. Thank you. Pray with us. Just say, dear Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for rising again from the grave for me. Come into my heart. Come into my life. Be my Lord, be my Savior. Wash me, cleanse me, and make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Take someone by the hand, won't you? Holy Spirit, as we're joined hand in hand across this place, I pray, fill, touch, heal, strengthen, renew break off any kind of lie or defilement come on pray for the person on your right and the person on your left break off any kind of distortion lord that each of us would find a greater place of service that each of us would commit ourselves to a a greater level of prayer and intimacy with you we would not be distracted by every wave and wind of circumstances But we'd fix our eyes on you, the author and the perfecter and the finisher of our faith. And Lord, you would fulfill what you want to do in and through us and through our nation. I pray for America tonight. God, you touch America tonight. Cause America to come back to you. America, hear the word of the Lord. You shall be saved. Alaska, hear the word of the Lord you shall be every nation every tribe and every tongue hear the word of the lord you shall be and we'd be amiss if we didn't pray for israel i pray for israel tonight i pray god protection lord as they have that iron dome you are the one that surrounds israel like the mountains surround jerusalem you are surrounded they are your precious people their temporary blindness lord will pass and will see you as messiah and lord that you would bless israel bless them god bless that nation and may america stand with israel i pray so we pray for the peace of jerusalem the blessing of god upon the jews and the diaspora, those that are all around the world as well, even suffering persecution. You'd protect them and help them. Those that are desiring Aliyah, Lord, the return of Jews to Israel, Lord, you'd give them safe passage. Even now, tonight, I intercede for those ones that are that are in need of a miracle, need of protection. Lord, you'd hide them under the shadow of your wings, you'd bring them right across, right out of harm's way. Right now in the name of Jesus. Bring them out out of harm's way, God, right into your covering of blessing. God, we thank you and praise you. And Lord, we thank you for what you're going to do even through the rest of this week, God, at the Feast of Tabernacles. Lord, into Sunday, speak to us, God, about what we can do. And a special offering that we would not appear before you empty-handed. We would see a great release of faith to see the vision move forward. We give you praise and glory and honor. Come on, put your hands together for Jesus and shout amen. Come on, shout amen, amen, and amen, and amen. Lord, bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them. Be gracious to them. Keep them and give them peace in Jesus' name. Amen. We love you. We'll see you. Bye-bye. Blessing to you online.